Hey everyone, I'm Jim Cook, Market Relationship Manager with Bergen KDV and 2021-22 President of Cedar Rapids Downtown Rotary Service Club. I'm excited to welcome you to our new podcast series called Rotary Roundtable, which we created to tell our club story in a new and different way. In this episode, we're exploring an unflattering piece of Rotary history. That's the opening of Rotary Clubs to Women in 1987. It required a lawsuit that went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, but Downtown Rotary was proud to be among the first clubs to admit women and elect a female president. In this episode, we're talking to Rotarians Mary Quas and Donna Sorensen, who were among the first women to join our club. We're also chatting with Rotarians Mary Klinger and Brooke Fitzgerald about the trails those women blazed and what it means to be a woman in Rotary today. Our conversation is moderated by downtown Rotarian Adam Moore. We hope this podcast gives you some insight into the evolution of Rotary and inspires you to add your voice to our club. Hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, thanks uh, everyone for joining us uh, on another Rotary Roundtable. We're excited to have you. Uh, We'd love to just do introductions first for our guests. So Donna, why don't you go ahead first? I'm Donna Sorensen. My rotary history goes back uh, quite a few years to about 1989, I believe, when I joined. And I have the honor of having served as the second woman president following Cheryl Mivalsky. Okay, great. Mary? Uh, Mary Quas, and I've been a Rotarian since they opened the door and let... (laughs) um, let us gals in, and uh, I don't know how many years, I guess that would be 30-some years, whatever, and uh, um, remember the day uh, that we were inducted, and um, uh, it was a great experience. That's awesome. Brooke? Hi, I'm Brooke Fitzgerald, and I'm a current downtown Rotarian. Um, I've been in the club for, I don't know, maybe seven-ish years, something like that. And I'm incoming president for 2024-25 year. Awesome. And then Mary. Uh, Mary Klinger. Um, I've been a member of Downtown Rotary since 2011. And I was also president um, of Downtown Rotary in 2018. Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining us. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting conversation. Some of the other podcasts that we've done were focused more on maybe Rotary initiatives, local service, uh, international projects. This one's kind of more about a chunk of history, I think, that um, not a lot of folks know about. I certainly didn't know about when I joined. I think, Brooke, you said you know, it was news to you as well. Yeah. But um, women were not allowed in Rotary until <clears throat> 1987. Am I right, Donna? 1987 is when our club, our club admitted women. But historically, Rotary was started in Let's see, 1905 Mm -hmm. as a men's business group, and only men participated, and that was the norm for 45 years until 1950, when around the world, actually, in India and Sri Lanka, Sweden, Switzerland, you know, different organizations in different parts of the world started to push a little bit and challenge that. And in the United States, and upstart Rotary Group in Duarte, California, of all places, um, actually went ahead and admitted women, contrary to what Rotary International, which is the overarching Mm -hmm. uh, regulatory body for the group, 
uh, contrary to their rules, they went ahead and admitted women anyway and promptly got kicked out. Then the lawsuit started, and Duarte actually ended up filing a lawsuit um, against Rotary in, I believe, I don't, somewhere in the, in the early 80s. And uh, finally, finally, that case made it all the way to the Supreme Court. And in May of 1987, the Supreme Court said, nope, you have to let women in. It took two more years for Rotary International to finally abide by that. But in that interim two-year period, to Cedar Rapids' credit, and it was the men who were running the show at the time, they went ahead and voted to allow women to become members of the downtown Rotary group. Mm. I ha- and actually, I'm going to read those names. Yeah, please. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> a few of those men <laughs> who are still around. Jack Evans, Paul Phelan, Gene Bender, John Gerber, and Jim Lamb were on that group. And it was a rather, as I understand it, uh, contentious, you know, t- took a while. They had to sort out what criteria would be appropriate then for women memberships. Do you let wives of Rotarians? Is that enough of a qualification to get in? And eventually they landed the same criteria that would be used for male membership would be used for women. And as Mary alluded to in in, uh, November of 1987, six women Mm -hmm. stood up on that podium and were admitted as our first gender representatives into the downtown Rotary Group. I love that. Can you talk a little bit about Maybe what downtown Rotary kind of stood for in the city, why it was so important for that achievement? Well, at the time, and this may have changed by now, but at the time, as I recall, you had to be one of the top three decision makers in your organization Mm -hmm. to qualify for membership. And that, by virtue of definition, just about excluded women at that time. There were very few. Um, and as more women, you know, inched their way into that category of professional life, um, it, it, it pushed toward that. Um, but I remember Jack, Jack Evans was my boss at, okay. at the time um, that I became a member, which I think was probably 89, a couple years after the first group. And I'll never forget the day. And he was so proud to tell me this. He wanted to introduce me and sponsor me to be a member of the downtown Rotary Group. And the first thing that went through my mind was, oh, geez, now I have to go eat lunch with a bunch of old men every single week. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I wasn't quite savvy enough to get that it was, it was in fact, an honor, you know, okay. to, to be asked. And Jack and I still laugh about that. But um, that, that it was, yeah. I mean, Mary, I'm just curious to kind of your early days in Rotary. Were you in that, the first group yeah. of the six? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And fortunately, I'm not even sure because Peggy Whitworth was there and if, if for those of you who never knew Peggy, Peggy was like five foot nothing, <laughs> and I was like six three with heels back then. So we made quite the sight, right? It was the long and the short of it. But um, but I remember standing there as a little group, um, and we were introduced in mass, right? So, uh, but you know, for me, downtown Rotary was kind of where the movers and the shakers were of the community. Mm -hmm. The big guys, right, that had, uh, to Donna's point, they either, you know, you had to be, own your business, run your business, be a top, you know, a top executive in it. And it was at that time, um, I was trying to um, buy my first radio station. And so I was really interested as an entrepreneur to find out what I needed to know and all those kinds of... So I was excited about the fact that there were a bunch of guys here that all knew this, that Mm -hmm. I could talk to about it. 
And um, Jack was a champion. Gene Bender helped me uh, in ways that, you know, uh, I probably never would have been able to get my first station and get a bank loan had I not had um, guys like Gene to be able to help understand what it was that I was trying to get done because um, it was actually about six months after I joined Rotary that I had had dinner with the gentleman who owned the radio station I was working at at the time. And I had told him a year or so before, if he ever wanted to sell it, I'd love to buy it. Mm-hmm. And so we had we had dinner and he said, do you remember that? And I said, oh yeah, yeah. And he said, well, I want to sell it. Do you want to buy it? And I went, yeah. And then I went, oh, crap, what do I do now? So (laughs) it was, but the guys from Rotary were really helpful because they really sort of, um, you know, I called a bunch of them at the time that I knew, but I knew from Rotary. And I I asked them a question like, so tell me what I need to know. This is what I want to do. What's the most important thing that I need to know? And to a person, they all said cash flow, (laughs) (laughs) which they were right, by the way. And, uh, So, you know, we kid about Rotary and and all the guys that sat around and didn't want you to sit next to them because they were afraid you were going to bite them or something like that. I'm not really sure. Tell them that um, something that their wife, I I don't know. But these guys were really great um, and were very helpful and understood that this was a part of the future. And kudos to all of those guys. They looked farther than their own maybe uncomfortableness and said what's good for the community is good for us. And so I you know I kind of I kid about it but I remember a lot of those um, uh, a, a lot of those times with those guys back then and yeah. but it was it wasn't um, a piece of cake. Yeah. You weren't accepted the same way but when you started to talk about ask them about business things it suddenly was kind of a, a leveler if okay. you would. Yeah. So um and I, I really did enjoy downtown Rotary a lot and was really involved in it and um, uh, was glad for the opportunity. But, you know, and, and in the end, some of the guys that had been some of our staunchest critics yeah. kind of came around, which was, it was kind of nice. Not to, surprised. Kind of nice to have. No. no yeah. Because we weren't going away either. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and as reluctant as I was, or as I should say, unenthusiastic as I was mm-hmm. to be invited to join the group and very intimidated the first time I walked in. You're right, Mary. I mean, they were the, all the movers and yep. the shakers, the people you read about in the papers, um, the guys who were calling the shots in the community in every single respect. Over time, I ended up really enjoying it as well, and you know, and making friends there, and getting a chance. I mean, every every week when you sat at a table, you, I, as I recall, I felt like I learned something, even if it was something small about an individual and you know his mostly background or business. Um, it really was. It did live up to the hype in terms of being uh, a place to conduct business, to to meet people, to uh, become more connected to the community. Well, I would also say, just to follow on with that, I had I not been at Rotary, downtown Rotary, mm-hmm. I think the trajectory of my business life and my community life would have changed. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, as Donna said, as you were there and you got to know these people and you had questions and you were learning and doing all of those things, back then, I don't, and again, I don't know what I don't know about now, but there was a group of people 
and men that wanted to really make sure that the community continued to grow. And so they would have ideas and thoughts and opinions about who to set for local elections and who to be involved in chamber and who, you know, all of those kinds of things that had I not been able to meet these guys through Rotary, I never would have had the opportunity, I don't think, to mm -hmm. be able to um, to continue to grow. And I do believe Jack is a good, you know, he was a good champion of getting women on other boards mm -hmm. um, and, and really seeing what we could do to kind of grow the community. So I think that was a really big part of it. And I'm eternally grateful for that because had it not been for that, I don't know that I would have been able to have the opportunities that I did in the community okay. um, as a result of it. So, yeah, and it it's the programs were always great too, mm -hmm. and we were always because of the quality I think of the leadership and the and the uh, the group itself, we always were, and I'm guessing the same is true today. Mm -hmm. Able to attract you know big names and and mm -hmm. very interesting and very educational, and then in. Um, we did finally break into the leadership ranks. I think gradually women became included in the board itself. Local Rotary is governed by a board with mm -hmm. officers. And eventually, our good friend Cheryl Mitvalsky was named. That was, not, that was 10 years later, um, in 96, 97, okay. was named as um, the first president of Rotary. And I, was, I came after her and served as the second president. And the conversation that I remember um, Cheryl telling me about when the discussion took place, they'd already decided she would be the next president, and then there's kind of a lineup, you know, mm -hmm. and who, well, who will follow Cheryl? Mm -hmm. So my name came up, and evidently there was at least one person who said, well, what are we, you know, if, if we have her, then we'll have two women in a row. <laughs> <You're> sure. <laughs> at which point somebody pointed out how many times have we had two men in a row, so... So that uh, we we were the first two, and I think it was only a couple years later that Carol Reisner um, came, uh, followed. I think it was two years after after me and became the next president, and then Lois Bunce and. As I say, um, I think Mary Klinger has the yeah, list. I do. Lee Clancy, I have the list. Or, yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it was in my time. Carol Reisner, Lee Clancy, mm -hmm. Lois Bunce, Christine Landa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yourself. And myself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So how and many I, was that? That's do we have a count? Seven. Seven. Could I just quickly name those six women who were the pioneers Please. who came yeah. in? Mm -hmm. yeah, because I, th I think that's a big deal. You know, Mary, <laughs> Mary Quas, yep. Peggy Whitworth, Elizabeth Hatch Hendricks, who passed mm -hmm. away some time ago, um, Tara Mormon, Mimi Meffert, who mm -hmm. was part of the Armstrong family, and Ellen Rosinski. Yeah. I never knew her, Mary. I didn't either. I, I'm not sure. She was a school administrator, yeah. according mm -hmm. to okay. some. I mean, I kind of knew her, but she didn't. I think she got. Um, she wasn't there a long period of time. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So you were the six who stood up and blazed the trail for the rest of did us. Did you, you know, Mary, did you, I mean, it's easy looking back to say trailblazer. I mean, what did it feel like at the time? Did you feel like mm -hmm. you were taking a risk? Did you feel like, you, you know, you were excited for, for this and you, you deserve to be there? I'm just curious about kind of how you, how you felt. Great question. Um, you know, you're asking this a few years ago, but uh, <laughs> I would tell you that it was important to me, um, as I said, to be, you know, clearly we had some great leadership in this community. Mm -hmm. um, sure. And 
you know, there were there were certain pockets where it was kind of like the sort of the movers and shakers went from here to here to here to here, and you know, they all kind of they they picked the next mayor, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, but for me, it was clear that you needed to be there if you were going to learn about the community and also if you were going to do business in it. So I was mm -hmm. really excited about it. Um, and I knew that um, it was an opportunity for us. I never worried about whether women were going to, you know, they were going to say, well, this is a mistake. But, yeah. um, but it was really nice because I think it was a small window um, of opportunity to be able to, to sort of break into this enclave. Yeah. And, and not, um, it's not like we had a hundred, right? It was just a few of us so that it, it, I think it made it easier for people. Mm -hmm. And I think we came into it with a gratitude and also a, a lot of curiosity. Mm -hmm. And I think that helped. Now there were some times that, you know, it was, it, it, we both learned, right? Sure. But, um, it was really important to me to grow and my business in the community. And it was, uh, uh, I look back on it now and I really do think that it was a huge part of being able to integrate into the Cedar Rapids business, um, community more so at the time we didn't have that many other rotaries. And so yeah, there was, sure. there were some that were starting, but they were really a different age mm -hmm. group. So these were like, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the older guys that have been in business. Um, and so it was really, if you were going to be in it, people would say you had to be in downtown. Yeah. So. Okay. And, you know, in a broader context a little bit, you know, when you talk about what it felt like, to, I, I wasn't in that first group. I think I was two years later, mm -hmm. but there were still very, very few when I came in. And I think, you know, the six names I read and then mm -hmm. the people who followed as president, most of us of that era... Um, had already, before we got to Rotary, been the first woman this or the oh, first yeah. woman yeah. that and yeah. the only room, woman in the room yeah. of this group. And so my sense coming in is, well, I know what this feels like, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, as a professional in this community. I've been in this position many times before. Yeah. So we Great just point. kind of, and yeah. I, <laughs> it's, this is actually in the notes from the 25-year celebration, but I do remember um, making the comment, too, that the uh, when we had especially two women presidents in a row that first time, that seemed to be a very big deal, and uh, making the comment that uh, thus we were confirming the fears of many that once you let us in, we, we would <laughs> we take, take right over. over yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's ours now. Get out of the way. Which, as we you know talked about at the time in the when we celebrated 25 years. Um, that's, that obviously was never the intention. You know, we wanted a seat at the table. We wanted to be part of the story. We wanted to have our voices heard. We wanted to be there to contribute, to yeah. learn, and to help our men and women colleagues you know, move forward. I thought it was interesting. As we were prepping for this session, I found um, an archived copy of The Rotarian from 1987 or 89, mm. and they did an anonymous feature where they talked to male to Rotarians, I didn't even have to say male at that time, I suppose, uh, about their unvarnished thoughts. Uh, and they had just quotations from Rotarians around the nation. And there were a lot of, oh, great, I'm going to have to join something else. Or, oh, great, this is, here, here it goes down the drain. And I don't want to speak um, on behalf of Lee Clancy, but I think we, I mentioned that to her. And she said, well, 
we had our own places too. <laughs> and, I that was- and we did. Well, I remember sitting at a table with a, an older, uh, b- prominent business owner when they announced from the podium that, and our pers- the person who we've elected to follow, Cheryl, is Donna Sorensen. And this guy looked at me and said, well, in a very gruff voice, not very friendly, well, Donna, what are you going to do when you're the president and all the men quit? And I said, well, I figure they'll all quit during Cheryl's term, so I won't have to worry about it. I'd love to have, um, you know, uh, Mary Clear, you were in uh, Daybreak, you said, for a while before joining downtown. I was. Um, Obviously, coming a little behind uh, Donna and and Mary Quas, but I'm just wondering about your early... Was there any differences? Are there things that you've seen over kind of Rotary's evolution in town? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Great question. Well, you know, I think by the time I had gotten there, um, you ladies certainly paved the way Mm -hmm. for us in getting started um, at downtown. Um, But I do remember uh, when I first started, I uh, joined the board right away uh, before I became president and remembering those discussions that we had at the board level of, who should become members of Downtown Rotary. Mm. And we were still having those discussions about who do we let into Downtown Rotary. So over the years, um, during my board tenure, that softened you know, a little bit. And we started to take a look at the demographics a little bit more as far as uh, women and what was the representation and started to do a little bit more recruiting. So those numbers have definitely, definitely gone up. Um, But I felt the exact same way when I first came into downtown Rotary, you know, with the men at the table and, you know, being unsure, you know, if you want to sit with them and visit with them. It also um, was very beneficial for me in my career. Um, as I was coming from Daybreak, and I was transitioning from United Way over to St. Luke's. And at that time, I was fortunate enough to know a lot of people in the room Mm. because of my role. Um, But it was very comforting to be able to visit with um, everyone that was there, including the men, Mm. um, because they gave great advice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you definitely seeked out advice. Mm. And I think that was um, very reassuring for them. Though, because they wanted to be in that role, you know, to give us advice as we were moving forward. So when I became president um, in 2018, I followed Christine Landa. Mm. So we were the second group of dual women (laughs) uh, going through as presidents. And, um, you know, I would say definitely you paved the way for us, you know, extremely well. And we really started to take a look at the demographics, you know, as we were recruiting individuals um, to join Downtown Rotary. And um, I think the men are okay with it, you know, at that time. You know, it was an evolution. We Mm -hmm. were continuing to move forward. We did a lot of stuff that year. I mean, we took a look at the history. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Bill Jacobson wrote the history book. He was on a traveling tour to Mm -hmm. all the other clubs, you know, to talk about that. We had our Metro Rotary Club where we were doing some fundraising projects together um, out in the community. So, um, you know, I felt like it had softened you know, quite a bit when I had uh, initially joined. But then we were starting to have those more and more of those discussions about women in Rotary. Were women, uh, were the women you were talking with or like in your circles were, was there more of a receptiveness to Rotary? I know that we talk even today, right, about the perception. Mm -hmm. uh, What is it we say it sometimes, male, pale, and stale, Mm -hmm. right? And so was that something that kind of held back or that, that women, you know, wanted to, 
to bust apart or, you know what I mean? What, what was the kind of perception well, among I think, your circles? Um, I think for me, uh, coming from Daybreak, yeah. women were already accepted at yeah, Daybreak. Absolutely. You know, it was intimidating coming to downtown because it was the business decision makers. Yeah. I mean, and it was majority men. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little bit intimidating. You know, I think women had always been involved. Yeah. you know, um, in all of the other clubs or in leadership roles, but really kind of breaking into that group. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, Mary and Donna, you you paved the way in Cheryl and those six women. And, you know, so it was a lot easier to come yeah. in and be accepted. You know, I think, you know, I was, you know, really accepted coming to downtown, you know, and I had, you know, gotten on the board right away. Um, so it w- it felt like it was you know a natural progression to me, just in my own career in my career movement. Yeah. Brooke, I'd love to get you involved. I think we've talked, um, you know, for some of us on the younger professional s- side of the scale, it's like it seems like a different world sometimes hearing these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, quite frankly, it's just like wow, that was just in the late '80s. Um, I'm just wondering, yeah, have you react to kind of what you've heard and how that's kind of informed your experience? Yeah, yeah. I, I too, like Mary Klinger, came from Daybreak. So okay. I had always had a, a vision of Rotary as a positive experience. Everyone that comes to Rotary is engaged and passionate about the community. Yeah. That's kind of why you join, you know, service. Um, and then uh, being recruited over to, I had had a break. I was owning a coffee shop at the time. Mm-hmm. So Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Um, after I had our second child just became an an okay time, right, to meet every single week. So I dropped out of daybreak for a little bit. Yeah. And Tiffany O'Donnell had asked me to visit downtown Rotary. And I said, we were very close. And I said to Tiffany, I really appreciate the offer and the invite. Mondays at noon is there. That's a great time for me. But my only visit to downtown was not a good experience. It was not welcoming. Sure. <laughs> There's a sign seating. I tried yeah. to sit at a couple tables. I got looked at like I was some odd goat or something. Yeah. I didn't even get looked at like a human being. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. It It is definitely changed since you have visited there. So I trust Tiffany. So I went and I was very pleasantly surprised, um, felt very welcomed. I put in my application the very next week. Um, and then quickly after that, um, was asked to be the membership committee chair. And to your question about, you know, the perception of downtown Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. whether or not it's, um, welcoming for younger professionals, um, I still get a lot of pushback. You know, isn't that just an an old man's club? Don't they just write the checks? Um, Sure. You know, things like that. And so we've really had to continue to fight and advocate for what we do stand for and and come back to the membership like a rotary. Yeah. Yeah. Like why you join all the things that you've all said, you know, a sense of community, um, the programs still the programs are the number one thing that people say about downtown yeah. that they enjoy. What So you've um, done such a great job on the membership committee and, and Well, helped, thank you. Thank helped, you. I will uh, receive that. Get such, <laughs> um, you know, uh, just new faces and energy in the club. I'd mm-hmm. love to have you and, and Mary talk a little bit about how maybe the demographics have changed, mm-hmm. right? Since Mary Quas and, <laughs> and Donna were, were joining, how, how are things today and how yeah. has it evolved a bit? Well, Donna, you, how many members did you say? At 10 years ago, uh, 
There were 316, okay. according to some of this literature. Okay. And today's membership is 242. Wow. Okay. So we, we still are a fairly large club. Yeah. The demographics, uh, just, this is just from a few months ago, male 63% and female 37%. Wow. So you go from Good six. Job. Good job. Yeah, you two. Go. Good yeah. job. So we're, <laughs> you know, we're getting closer. Yeah. Um, to being even, <laughs> even playing field. <laughs> I would say it is a little bit harder today. Um, you know, obviously with the pandemic and everything yeah. to recruit mm-hmm. um, individuals into Rotary. Um, I think, you know, we've all lived in the virtual world for the last couple of years and we've gotten really used to that. Mm-hmm. And so now coming back full time, face to face, it's even harder for me. You know, you have to really, um, you know, be sensitive to your time, be, have better time management. Um, you know, so we may have taken a dip a little bit in our membership, mm-hmm. but I think as we come back, you know, I think we'll have more and more opportunities, you know, to get involved, get back in the community and be able to network more. And, you know, I have to say that that is the number one thing that I do miss is the networking piece. Mm-hmm. And um, I came back for a couple of times and I, I need to get back um, better attendance. Um, <laughs> but it's the number one thing that I missed. You go into the room and it's like having a reunion, mm-hmm. you know, because you get to visit and see all of the people you haven't seen for a couple of years. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, as people are listening to that, that's one thing I would encourage is do come back because it absolutely, that face-to-face interaction um, is key, and I miss that networking and getting to know the other club members and what's been going on in their lives. So that's one of the positive things outside of the programming mm-hmm. is awesome, mm-hmm. but really it's that networking. Yeah. One thing that I'm just wondering about is uh, we just taped our episode on youth development and youth leadership, which you know Rotary is very focused on. Um, I'm wondering in the context of kind of the next generation of Rotarians, younger Rotarians, you know, what kind of place do you see kind of uh, women's leadership development in Rotary? I mean, how can that be a part of our clubs? You know, what what would you like to see? I don't know. I'm just kind of interested in that topic. Hmm. Well, it's, it's interesting. I didn't really comment on the age demographic, yeah. but here in... I would say the next decade for sure, um, recruiting those young leaders, young professionals. You know, I go back to what you were saying, Mary Quas, about, you know, when I joined, I was looking at purchasing a business and, right. you know, all of the learning and mm-hmm. mentorship you receive from a group like downtown where, you know, you have, we're a little bit more spread out too. This is interesting. Um, we have 10% that are unreported age. Uh, 16%. <laughs> That's that. a thing. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing you can do. 16% are 70 plus, 20% are 60 to 69, 28% are 50 to 59, wow. 20% are 40 to 49, and then 6% are 30 to 39. So we're we're even broadening, you know, the groups of okay. age demographic also, yeah. which I feel like is important because, you know, in the next 10, 15 years, who's, who are the up-and-comers that need to have seats at the table? I don't know the percentages by age range when we were there, Mary. Mm-hmm. But I would guess that the over 70 was probably 60%. Yeah. At least 50%. Oh, wow. I, I'm sure. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. when you walked in, it was a sea of gray and white hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and you bring up a really good point. I mean, I, look, I think 
things have changed in the community. Um, back when we came into Rotary, it was a lot of um, homegrown and locally owned and ran, run businesses. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think that there was a there was an interest in trying to maintain uh, a healthy economy in the city and all of that. But you know the interesting thing now, and I think Mary, as you talked about the pandemic, I think there's an opportunity for us to go back to that. And I don't mean, the nothing's going to be the same, that's mm -hmm. for sure. But the uh, people have chosen to want to be here. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, let's face it, we've, we have some really incredible people and businesses, and it's a great community. And I mean, I, I'm, I love living here, and I've got stations all over the place, but there's a magic about this community that has has been resilient through the decades, and I I do believe that you know we've got some of the some of us that are over seventy and all of that, but they're different than the group that that we looked at when we came in back in the late in the in the late eighties. But there's one thing that's universal: is we love the community mm -hmm. and we're here for a reason. And so I think as you look at trying to to generate more uh, membership in, as you look for those kinds of things that say, I mean, clearly it's not about what you own. It's the quality of life. And we've learned mm -hmm. to some degree that through the pandemic and all of that. We'll leave the other piece of that mm -hmm. out. But people are coming back to what's important in their lives and where they want to be because now if you can do virtual work or whatever, you can be anywhere, but they choose to be here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important as we look at downtown Rotary, which has been sort of the stall work over the, or stall work of, over the years with a business um, core. Uh, but to get engagement from the existing members to go out and say, look, it's even this, the ones that are over 70 and say, mm -hmm. look, who do you know that can take our place? Because we want to stay here we want to be here, but we need people with more curiosity and energy mm -hmm. and new ideas and all of the, that kind of thing. And I do think there's an opportunity for that to come, whether they're, um, whether they're, you know, white, black, um, male, female. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I think it's a new time for that. And Rotary's always been kind of, um, you know, a place that people look to for a lot of ages that say, well, if they're doing it, maybe there's something, you know, because it's an institution that's been here for a very long yeah. time. Um, so I think it's kind of, you know, as you guys look to go forward with youth and all of that is, you know, we all know people that we've run across that say, you know, it, it's it's kind of like when somebody said, you know, that Donna, she's got something. Um, and and I, I think if we just start to focus on that, maybe we can bring some of those people back to the table um, because it is important as we go forward. It's almost like a, a different branding for the organization because, I mean, you just heard our stories. Even though I was reluctant, I, I ended up loving it. I made friends. I looked forward to it because now which table will I sit at because I like this person. I haven't mm -hmm. talked to him for a while. Mm -hmm. um, so it became a very rewarding experience. Maybe your tagline should be, 
downtown Rotary. We're not your grandfather's Rotary anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. all due respect to the grandfather. Really the group, but, yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, you, there's, there's more. I mean, just even looking and listening, you know, to you mm-hmm. two, it's like, yeah, that's the kind well, and, of energy. And you guys really, yeah. I miss the personal contact. I mean, I'm yeah. on the, mm-hmm. I'm on my phone and I do Zoom, still the cows come, and all that kind of stuff. But to Donna's point, it's like, oh, I haven't seen you in a long yeah. time or let's talk about i got a question for you and i used to go to rotary with a question for every time i went there i got to look somebody up to task a question or whatever you're exactly right mary i mean i it's a place that you also conduct business oh Mm -hmm. boy because of all of the people that you come in contact with and you're always bringing questions like oh i got to catch up with this person so i'm going to see him at rotary Mm -hmm. um you know and i couldn't agree more with you about taking a look at the future of our membership and how we sell that and and also staying connected with our youth. You know, we have the Interact Club. You know, um, we have the the club at, you know, Kirkwood. Um, you know, I think staying engaged with those kids because eventually we're hopeful that if they leave the community, they may come home. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're going to remember the experiences that they had True. just in their own clubs and how we can connect with them, you know, with our own club, uh, with downtown. Um, and generational I took a look at my own kids. You know, they've left now. I've got a couple of them out of state. You know, I'm hopeful someday that they'll come back. You know, they've kind of hopefully will follow some of the things that I've done and have that opportunity to stay engaged in the community. I think, too, with I'm, I'm stunned, I think, maybe, and maybe uh, it's too harsh a word, but I still get women ask me about how you work with men in this mm-hmm. day and age. I mean, I, I remember back in the 80s giving doing a lot of speaking and all of that kind of stuff about it. And and it wasn't that long ago that that, that it's sort of like, I don't like golf. Do I have to play golf, right? I mean, I, that's like, ooh, deja vu. But, but I think that there's an opportunity around business to be able to do what those guys did, you know, so many years ago to help us, mm-hmm. that they could continue to do it today. And maybe it's some of the ones that are older because you've got a disproportionate amount of, well, would love to be able to do that mm-hmm. if it was if it just um, seemed like an interesting place for people to go and to reconnect. It's it's like Rotary is the is what the golf course used to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, in some respects, because it's your hour that you're isolated from your business, you're in a different environment, you have an opportunity to talk, and you know you're going to eat lunch somewhere anyway. Yeah. Why not go and have a chance to interact with business people? And you'll learn something from the podium virtually every time. It's, it seems like it's a not, maybe a well-kept secret. Mm-hmm. You know, the real advantages are just there's, there's a perception issue. It's yeah. much more valuable in every respect, professionally and personally, than I think the perception suggests. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we've been working a lot with Adam's committee, the communication committee, because, you know, for a couple of years, we've been talking about this. How do we engage youth? How do we, you know, engage younger professionals? And it, I, I think, you know, in Mary and I's generation, and it's like the dying breed of just we have conversation. We just talk about it. Um, younger professionals, LinkedIn, social media, yeah. you know, you have to be connected in a different way to reach them. So we've had to really, you know, pivot our um, initiatives to be able to... And it's harder. To reach with them. It's it's very hard, Mm -hmm. you know. And they, to their credit, they are um, very good keepers of their time. Their relationship with time is much healthier 
than us oh, as a collective yeah. around this table. <laughs> I can, you know? Yeah. It is, to their credit. I, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I've gotten many work-life balance lectures from my mm-hmm. 22-year-old co-workers. So um, <laughs> I wanted to ask, I think you kind of answered it, Brooke, but it just is kind of a in the presidential track here for the club. You know, what evolution do you want to keep seeing for the club? Is it just reaching kind of that next generation? Or what? You know, what's kind of your hopes to see in the next few years? Yeah, I, I truly hope that um, kind of the, the mentorship and the energy that I bring um, and pe- that people know me as, that, you know, standing at the podium will only further cascade the engagement of the club in sure. the younger generations, women specifically. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, they feel that I'm approachable and can connect with me um, and see themselves you know, yeah, being absolutely. a part of the group. So I hope that um, that it's a positive evolution in that way. When you also have the power to be able to say we need them now. Yeah. Because we really, yeah, right. really, mm-hmm. really do need the engagement of the younger generation. Yep. Because, as you mentioned, it's harder to reach them. There's so many other ways to be able to do it. In a lot of ways, we knew where we'd find these guys every Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was kind of easy. You kind of have a li- list, mm-hmm. right? You could. But I think beyond that is there's a desire to make the world a better place. And we, those of us who have been around for a long time, we need, um, we need that leadership mm-hmm. so that we can be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. And because mm-hmm. you can remember back when you were in your 20s or 30s or whatever, and, you know, we're changing the world, and and it's we're right, and, and we're just going to go there. And these guys are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to learn from that because, like it or not, our some of the older members are going to be around for a long time. Um, but we're now facing things that I don't know in the future. We were just talking about being aged out of boards. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a magic number. I, it's like <laughs> why there was a magic number to retire at 65, but there is. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, we as a community have to come together regardless and be able mm-hmm. to make it a good place to be because our livelihood, our resources, and our future is, mm-hmm. in, is right there with those guys. Agreed. It's kind of what I was thinking about you know, when we were talking about kind of uh, the next generation women's leadership development specifically. It's like Rotary is almost a good place to practice those skills, mm-hmm. to meet those people and practice how those interactions go. I know I've learned, you know, a ton about that. So, um, I said, you know, close us out with a story or something good, Donna. Give me a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Let's I think see. I just we're I think we're all in awe of you know, your stories and what um, you and, and Mary and others have, have accomplished and, and the club is much better for it. Mm-hmm. So I don't <laughs> well, need to put you on the spot. Mary, do you want to go first? Do you oh, have a good sure. story? Like I can remember <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll think of them walking to the parking lot. No, probably. That's <laughs> well, I will tell you that I remember, um, I can remember all of us sort of standing up in front of this group because we were all inducted at one time. Yeah. And we didn't get to speak. It was just, here, you, hmm. here they are. And, and then they sort of let us go, and we went to the buffet. Um, and the, <laughs> but the interesting th- part about it was, and I'd be interested to know if that happens today, but the, the buffet had the, 
you know, the two sides on yeah. it, right? <laughs> and so the everybody said, let's eat, right? Cause some, and so all the men went on one side, and the six women went on the other. And that was it. I mean, it was... <laughs> It was no men came behind. No, it was just no, women no, no. It was a, it was a really funny story, and I know that today um, it wouldn't be that way, but uh, it was back then. And I just you know I just give a lot of kudos to the, the the women that were you know we were brazen enough to do it, and the and the guys that helped us. But do you remember your, your badge number? Two eighteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I can't find my car in the Hy-Vee well, parking lot, but I can remember my badge number. Mine was one fifty one. still eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But I mean, this is actually something Peggy shared when she at the twenty five year celebration, and I mean we had a it was a big and a very fun event, and we dug into the history and yeah. were able to get it in writing, which is nice for the club. But um, we had Peggy speak. And she came up, you know, Peggy, once again, five feet tall. We had to pull everything down so you could, she could speak. But one of the stories she told was that she, there was a certain gentleman, again, um, icon of the business community in those years, who said to her when she approached the, when she, they were going through the line, I think, from one side to the other, no doubt. I suppose it's okay if you're here, but you better not sit at my table. (laughs) And Peggy remarked, she didn't name the guy, but she remarked, and you know what I wanted to say to him? He had passed away by then. (laughs) You know what? I never, ever, ever wanted to sit at your table. (laughs) Peggy. Peggy. Wish you could have met her. Yeah, she she was was a tiny ball of fire yeah <laughs> she was she was a trailblazer mm-hmm. for sure she was very much a trailblazer yeah. mm-hmm. you know she just stood right up mm-hmm. and uh, gave it right back to him mm-hmm. <laughs> and i have almost the flip side to that funny story yeah. a, a few years ago this is before the pandemic i would always make a point when i came in this is probably when we had you know 130 140 this is mary and christine landa's time in the room and i would always make a point to sit at a brand new table yeah. and just see you know yeah. just see mm-hmm. who yep joins me right yep. and I'll never forget Randy Ramlow came in one day and he goes huh Brooke I can't let you sit here by yourself I thought, thanks Randy I appreciate that yeah. you know there so you just go. how the times uh-huh. right yes have, absolutely have changed in in that way so well but, oh please Mary Claus. well but just what you're talking about is really important because it's it's a community sort of thing I mean it's yeah. and Randy's a great guy yeah and a there's a lot guy. of great guys Mm-hmm. But we're fortunate that there's a lot of great guys, and I use that without gender, mm-hmm. uh, in the community. And primary to all of that is to keep what you guys have going mm-hmm. because it's a huge part of people's lives, and it's really important. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll end it there. Uh, I just want to say, uh, Donna Swanson, Mary Quas, thank you for blazing trails. <laughs> for Women in Rotary, Mary Klinger, and Brooke Fitzgerald, thank you for joining us and talking about your perspectives. Had yeah. a lot of fun today. Thanks. It was fun. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Good to reminisce. It yes. Good. So that's our podcast episode for today. We hope you enjoyed this look at the history of women in downtown Rotary and how far we've come. A big thanks to Donna Sorensen, Mary Quas, Mary Klinger, and Brooke Fitzgerald for participating. And thanks also to Informatics for recording and producing this series. Learn more about our club at rotaryclubofcedarapids.org or visit us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube by searching for Cedar Rapids Downtown Rotary. I'd like to wrap up with a quote. You make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. Thanks for listening.